Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. In that introduction, you'll find a word that you may have missed, but it is so important when it comes to missions, discipleship, church planting, and it is equipping. Matter of fact, when you read about the purpose of a pastor uh, teacher, it is to equip the saints that the saints do the work of the ministry. So one of the things that we do here on AFR is to try to equip. We do that on Exploring Missions. On the other program that I do, I love exploring the Word, and we try to equip you. I'll I'll talk about if you're going to do a Bible study, look at this, look at that. And that's part of the ministry that the church has. A matter of fact, it says the older women to teach the younger women, and it talks about the men uh, sharing it with the younger men. And so all of that has the idea of equipping. By the way, this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. And Nathan, uh, sometimes we don't get so excited about the equipping process, do we? No, you know, you don't go to a ball game to watch the equipment manager running around <laughs> taking all the, uh, you know, all the stuff that he's doing, yeah. right? But sometimes I am curious, you know, when they have a water break and the guy or the lady runs out on the field with the with the Gatorade bottles <laughs> yeah, and they'll hold it up to one of the athletes, you know, and, and sometimes those guys, like, refuse and turn it away. I'm like, you know, you're taking away the, the glory for this equipment manager. That's the only thing they're doing, and you don't want to use it. I have a friend, and uh, he might be listening. You know him well, Andy Dozier. And uh, Andy was one of the finest. I, yeah. I love that guy more than I can tell. But Andy's wife, they started having babies, and he said, I've become the equipment manager. <laughs> uh, he has talked about how you'd put everything. So equipping is important, and even the material, just like we're in this studio, okay? And we had people that came in, ran the wires, got the microphones set up, got everything ready. And even here, before we started broadcasting, Mark Oss, who is the producer today, board up, he had to set everything of the equipment to get it ready. I think one of the failures made sometimes of missions is not being properly equipped. Right, or expecting someone who is already equipped to just do the work. And, mm. and, and you know, the, the person who is equipped, you know what their work is, is to equip others, right? <laughs> it is. So that's hopefully what we want to do a little bit today. That's what we do. Yeah. On Exploring Missions, this is, we take time out. Sometimes we give you the, uh, the possibility of missions. We interview missionaries. We tell you what's going on. Uh, but a lot of this is sometimes equipping. And hopefully that's what Bible colleges and seminaries are about to equip them as well. But that's what we do here on Exploring Missions. You did that for uh, part of your living for a while when you were in Atlanta to equip those people that came to Atlanta to be trained, and part of your job was equipping them. That's right, yeah, and there's several of them on the mission field 
today, and and guess what they're doing? They're equipping others. Amen. So it just kind of multiplies and continues. Well, what are we looking at today, Nathan? Yeah, so we actually listened to uh, Matthew's version of the Great Commission given out of Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, and we don't have to read it all again. Uh, Most of you possibly even have it memorized, Um, but... One thing I was doing as I was listening to our introduction, I was going through uh, and remembering uh, when we recorded the introduction to this program, what, seven years ago seven years at this ago. point, and uh, where, where the people were from. And so I don't know if you remember, but I can give you the country. So uh, uh, the voices that you hear in the introduction to the show, they're from Bosnia, from Brazil, from Ethiopia, from Burma or Myanmar, and from Nepal. So we didn't have to travel around the world though to get those. So they were right there. They were right there. They were right there. And so and so today we want to look at Matthew twenty eight, eighteen through twenty. Yeah, so what we want to do as we look at this is kind of debunk uh some myths. You know, you've you've heard of Mythbusters. Yes. So we're gonna be some we're gonna do the <laughs> Mythbuster thing today. Um, we're going to dispel seven great commission myths, okay? So seven myths that are maybe commonly, some of these commonly held, uh, maybe by some of us as we listen. Um, we want to look at these myths and and really look at look at the truth uh, behind Jesus' words, um, behind his words here in Matthew 28. So the first myth is the misunderstood you myth. Now, in English, which I know is, Maybe not your best subject, but in English, <laughs> when a sentence starts with um, a verb, what do we call the subject to that to that sentence? It's <laughs> you're, called. You're asking yeah, me, the great English. Yeah, we guy. can play crickets, right? Yeah. Um, it's the understood you. So okay. if, if 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 you were set, if someone said, um, uh, be seated. Yeah, be seated. Who are they talking to? They're talking to you. It's the understood right. you. Okay. Well, in the Great Commission here in Matthew, we we tend to have the misunderstood you, and that's a myth. In other words, who is Jesus talking to? Okay. Well, obviously, in the text, he's speaking to his disciples, his followers, those that had gathered there at this mountain that he had appointed, and he was going to teach them for the for basically for the last time uh, before he ascended into heaven and. He gave them this this mission, this commission. Um, but we can't, or can we? Can we just say he was only talking to those 11, those 12? Um, and that's where it was so supposed to stop. And why is it recorded in the text if, if the you, the understood you, doesn't include others? Who does this include? Who is Jesus' audience? It is. This is present and future. This is not past definitely but it's not just present uh they they were there but is as you read the context of this and all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth uh that authority has not stopped and guess what the authority to rule our lives has not stopped he is still the king of kings and lord of lords over our lives and uh when we say lord you know that means Right now, okay, and for me, so there is a futuristic uh, atmosphere to this: the present and the future. Okay, so um, some would say that 
okay, Jesus is speaking to the church, like the universal church, the collective church. So uh, everything that he's telling the church or the disciples here to do is not necessarily for uh, me as an individual, but it's for the church as a collective, as a group. And and the parts that make up the part of the whole thing. Okay. So it's not just the whole, but it's also the parts individually. Parts. It is. Isn't it both and? I think it's a both I and. I do too. So let's not misunderstand the you here. Basically what I'm trying to say is the Great Commission, if we're going to be obedient to it, we have to take ownership personally for this, right? We can't say, well, it was for those guys 2,000 years ago. Well, it was for the church as a whole. And we try to get ourselves off the hook, right, for being obedient. Uh, and we must un- we must understand the you when we do that. And we're disobedient when we do that. But I think we should take ownership and say, okay, Jesus is commissioning me. He's giving these commands to me, even as an individual. There might be parts of it that are hard or parts of it that I have to be equipped and grow in, but it's for me. You know, when I hear that, I could not help but think of Isaiah 59, and it's Isaiah through God, God through Isaiah reminding them of all the things God had done, and he said, God's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, his ear is not dull that he cannot hear, but then the second verse says, but your iniquities have separated you from God that God chooses not to hear you. Now, why, why would I bring that up? Because of per, it's personal. Yeah. It was personal. And unless you take the Great Commission personally, uh, it's for somebody else. Yeah. But Jesus, he he didn't leave it for just anybody else. He left it for his followers right. in each generation. Yeah. I mean, think about this. If we take salvation personally and we want to have that for ourselves, we want to experience that for ourselves, we want to know it and even, if you want to say, own it, then we have to also own the responsibility that goes with sharing about the salvation that's found in Jesus. So, all right, the Great Commission then, uh, myth number one busted. The Great (laughs) Commission is for each of us, right? All of us and each of us. All right, the second myth, um, you might call it the all-means-some myth. The (laughs) all-means-some myth. So if you read through Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you come across four different uses of the word all, A-L-L. Now, again, an English question for you. What does the word all mean? Does it mean some or does it mean now something else? I know the else? answer to that one. Uh, it means all. Okay. So um, first, all authority has been given to Jesus, right? We see that in verse 18. And then verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations, not just some nations, not just some authority, but all, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, verse 20, teaching them to observe everything, or sometimes it might say all things, or all the things, all the commands I have given you. So not just some Some, of the commands or some of the things that we like to obey, and then the others we we, we can ignore. Pick and choose? Yeah, picking and choosing. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have that in there, does it? And then remember, Jesus said, I am with you always. Okay. Wow. That was a little stretch there. It was still A-L, there. Yeah. yeah. But at all times, his presence is with us through the Holy Spirit as we are obeying his commands. So um, let's not neglect 
the alls, the four alls here in the Great Commission, and make them into sums, right? They're, they're alls. You know, when I hear that again, you go back to Paul's writings in Ephesians and the equipping part of it that we talked about. And a lot of times people hire, quote, hire, not call the pastor, hire the staff to do the work of the ministry. When it says in the verse following that, <clears throat> that all the saints would be involved in the ministry. So part of that ministry that we're talking about is what? It is missional because if you remember that, he gave some. The first one that he gave was apostles, mm. which meant sent ones, yeah, which right. are the idea of what? Right. Missionaries. That's yeah. exactly right. So he's he's. it's all of us, not some of us. That's right. So uh, we've uh, busted myth number two, the all means some myth. Myth number three, the wrong emphasis myth. Um, have you ever put the emphasis on the wrong syllable before? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid my wife, who is pretty good at English, uh, compared to me, she is superior in every way. But uh, she'll say, Bert, how you pronounce and uh, enunciate some words, you're putting the emphasis on the wrong word, yeah. you know, on the wrong syllable. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. is why is pronunciation such a difficult word to pronounce, right? <laughs> it is. Um so, uh, an example of, of emphasizing the wrong thing, um, I've got a friend, and I won't give his name, but uh, he's Arabic. Uh, he's an Arab man. And his name, if you pronounce it incorrectly, you're actually not saying his name, which has a, its own meaning. Um, but if you mispronounce it, it's the word horse. <laughs> so one time I went to I went to when I first had met him and I was trying to learn a little bit of Arabic. Yeah. Um, it's even challenging to say I was trying to learn it, but I was trying to you know at least get his name right. And uh, after after being with him for a couple of hours, um, the person I was with who did who did speak Arabic was telling me the whole time I was calling him horse. <laughs> Right to his face, you know, and how shameful that was. So the next time I had to make sure I was saying it correctly. But, uh, yeah, how would you like to be called horse? Yeah, that would be, uh, uh, you know, the wrong emphasis. Uh, we're talking about in enunciating. We're talking about names. But what about in jobs and responsibilities? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do highlight the, the thing that should not be a priority, right? You want to prioritize the, the main thing and, so as we look in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you know, we notice the four alls. Those are sort of easy for us to pick out. But there's also four verbs that um, might be a little bit more difficult. And one of the four verbs has the primary uh, function. So if you, if you read through, so especially in 19 and 20, the four verbs are going to be go, they're going to be Make disciples, baptizing, and then teaching. All right, those are the four verbs you find in those in those verses. One of those takes the emphasis, the proper biblical emphasis, um, just in 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 Greek, but also in the flow of thought. Do you want to take a, a guess at which one is the most emphatic command and and verb given by Jesus here? Okay. I have a multiple choice here, right? Right. So you go, make disciples, 
baptize or teach? It's not two. It's just one. It's just one that has mm. the primary make. function. Yeah, that's right. Make make disciples. Uh, disciples obviously is the is the noun, but the idea of in, in Greek it's one word. So yeah. it's make disciples is the primary task that Jesus has given uh, his followers. The other three. Uh, functions sort of like as a modal in a modal sense. In other words, how do you go about making disciples? Well, you got to go, and you got to teach, and you got to baptize. And so, let's not emphasize the wrong thing. And typically, which one of those probably gets emphasized? <laughs> I'm afraid baptisms do a lot. I, okay. I baptized sixty people, or you know, yeah, yeah. going. I, it's it's I, a I toss. Go, up I went here. The, I went there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, going. Yeah, and we, you, how many when places you, have been? Yeah, yeah, when you hear this taught and preached a lot in churches, the emphasis on is on going a lot of times. Yeah, um, but we'll get to that a little bit more as we break these down. But that's the the wrong emphasis myth, and we want to make sure we're emphasizing the correct the the command that is given is to make disciples. So that. It starts with that. Yes. You go and the way that says the go is as you go. That's right. And and so as you go, what do you do? You right. make disciples. After you make them, you follow up. Isn't that right? Exactly. Okay. So let's look at the make disciples part and we're gonna bust another myth. This is the conversion myth. Okay. <laughs> the conversion myth. So what Jesus said here in verse uh nineteen is to make disciples not converts. He doesn't say make converts, make Christians, make church members, make whatever, fill in the blank. Um, it's disciples. What would you say is the biggest difference between a disciple and, and, a, and a convert? Well, a follower. Disciple means a follower. Okay. It's a follower of Christ. The word convert has the idea of going from and coming to. Um I would say this: You got to be converted before you can become a disciple. Right. You catch what yes. I'm saying? Yes. But the goal is make disciples. Right. Uh, if just doing the conversion, you're you're not completing the task. Yes, it's an incomplete. It is incomplete. Yes, exactly. So, um, think about this: um, when you go from one country to another, okay, um, and you you fly over with your American U.S. dollars in your pocket and you get to that country, you're going to stay there for a period of time. What do you have to do to your, to your currency? Got to convert, go, go to the conversion store. Yeah. You got to get it converted <laughs> to do. the local yeah, currency, you really right? Do. The airports um, usually have that. Yeah, that's yep, right. And um, so just as a, an aside here, all right, let's, let, let me test you. We'll get off of the English questions. Let's go to, uh, I don't know, would this be uh, economy or geography? I don't know what kind of questions these are. Um, course the u.s is the u.s dollar right uh do you remember do you know what mexican currency is called i can't remember all right it's the peso Pe right? that's yeah. right that's right all right what about remember when we went to nicaragua do you remember what that currency was called <laughs> nathan come on <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'll quit asking the question so uh, uh nicaragua it's cordoba oh yeah cordoba yeah uh, we would just call it a cord yeah. for short right now you go over to europe they have. In, I know the euro. Yeah, I got you got that the one. euro. Yeah, right. Um, you go to Turkey. It's the what lira is, or lira. Is that right? Yeah, oh. lira. Okay. Um, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. The yen. So okay. Um, you have if you go to these places, you have to convert your your currency. But that's a whole other conversation. That's that's you got to do that, right? Mm -hmm. 
But you don't want to just go and convert your money and say, hey, I got my money converted. What you really want to do, especially if you're a businessman, you want to make money, right? You want to invest. You might have to spend, but you want to eventually get some return on that investment. You want to make money. There's a whole difference in having your money converted than actually making money. Okay. Jesus is talking about making disciples, not just converting. Amen. So a whole different conversation. So the conversion myth, if if all you do is to focus on making converts, well, they're incomplete, right? Um, And imagine the person's life. We're not saying they're not saved and they won't go to heaven when they die and they... They're not, it's not, we're not saying it's not a true experience of salvation with Jesus. But what are they missing out on? If, if, if they're not being discipled, taught to follow Jesus to, in order to look like Jesus, right? That's the, the end result of discipleship is to become like Christ. That's right. Um, so if, if that's not happening in someone's life, what, what's we're not the result? Doing the, we're not doing the Great Commission. And, you know, if I said this, I've heard it myself say it, I repeat myself, but if all interest, God was interested in converts, he would have taken us to heaven immediately after salvation experience, but he's left us here to make disciples that we might want, make more disciples. Yeah, it's back to our first conversation of, of equipping, right? Right. That's what discipleship is, is equipping the next generation and the next person so they can become an equipper, one that can make other disciples. That's right. So... Let's uh, let's bust the conversion myth and focus on making disciples. Let's also bust this next one called the intentionality myth. And it goes back to what you just mentioned about going. Or the verb, actually, you could translate it as as you go. So as you go, make disciples of all the nations. So right? the expectation is we're going to go. We're yes. going to go. If You're going somewhere, Going right? somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So as you go, make disciples. Yeah. So... It's more intentional, however, than, than that. So the emphasis is not to go. The emphasis is to make disciples. Who are you making disciples of? Some of the nations? No, all of all the nations. The nations. So as you're making disciples of all the nations, you have to focus on, you have to see which nations are not being discipled. You have to see what people groups, what ethnic groups are being uh, or being neglected or being uh, forgotten. So you got to be like Paul and listen when the Holy Spirit used the man from Macedonia to say, leave there and come over here. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so you don't want to leave anybody out of having a witness of who Jesus is, having the opportunity to worship Jesus for who he is. So you want to go to them to preach the gospel. You want to go to them to make disciples. And so as you go... um. The idea is you're you're going to go. If you're going to be obedient, you're going to go somewhere, and so you want to go where God sends you. The three missionary journeys that Paul went on was so intentional, but then the fourth one on the ship, uh, but guess what he did? As You know, the, the first three, you would expect him to do it, but guess what he did while he was on the ship? Again, there was those that he made disciples. Right. They became followers of Christ yep. when he was on the ship as well as on the land. That's right. So wherever it is you are and wherever it is God sends you, know that you are sent by God to make disciples, and, and it's of all the nations. So uh, the next myth is the knowledge myth, okay? 
the knowledge myth. So look at verse um, 20. It says, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. We like to take the word observe out and put the word know in its place, K-N-O-W. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just want to know what Jesus said, like in our heads, right? Yeah. And but that's not the that's not what Jesus said. Why are we supposed? To, why are we teaching people the commands you know, of Christ? There's an old hymn that expresses that better than anything: "Trust and obey." Yeah. For there's no other way. That's right. It's not right. trust and know. It's not trust and know. It's trust and obey. Yeah. And biblically, you can't really know something unless you do it. Unless exactly. there's activity and it's action. Become. So it's it it is obedience based discipleship, not knowledge based that's discipleship. Right. That's right. So we're really bad at that in the American oh, church. We're horrible. Oh, take this 13-week study, and you'll be ready. You'll know it. No, you got to go out there and do it. That's right. So it's about obedience. Yes. And the last myth, um, we'll save the can of worms for the last, the authority <laughs> myth. The authority myth. Look at the idea about baptizing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So um, who then kind of almost going back to that first question, who is this given to? Who is supposed to baptize? Well, let's ask the other questions. Who is supposed to make disciples? I am. Who is supposed to go in order to do that? I am. Who is supposed to teach them once they follow Jesus? Who is supposed to teach them to obey? I am. I am. So then who is supposed to baptize them? I well, am. I am. We like to say, you know, pastor so-and-so or brother they, so-and-so. They've got to be ordained first. Or they've got to show some credentials before yeah. they can put somebody under the water. But I will say, just for myself, if God gives you the privilege to lead someone to follow Jesus and you make, you start making disciples, that discipleship process, um, you've been given the authority to baptize them. Amen. Now, the church that you are part of might have a little bit of a different take on it. That's between them and, and the Lord. But as for you, I would in, encourage you and equip you um, to, to hey, you have, you have been given that sent call yeah. and that commission to make disciples includes baptizing. I remember when you and I were on staff together and we started doing that, especially fathers leading their children to the Lord and them baptizing them. I want to just tell you, as a pastor who normally would have done that, it great gave me great joy to see the father baptizing their child that they had brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That was such a blessing. And uh, so, again, the authority is by God, and he gives it to those who are following him, making disciples. So what we're saying, we need to be on mission for God. We need to go and make some disciples, don't we, Nathan? We do. We are sent. You are sent. And you've been sent with the authority that is in Jesus Christ. So as you are are sent and you're obeying that, uh, then he also promises that his presence will be with you. Wherever you go, wherever he sends you, he's with you. And his authority and his power, yes. Those are great words. I am with you. Yes. What a great joy. I pray that you know that God is with you. And he is working in your life so that you can equip others that they may become followers of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions. 